Hi, it's Liz, host of the Chit Chat Circus podcast. Thank you for joining me. So I've mentioned a few times on the podcast before that I am a big nerd. So today I want to talk about one of my favorite nerdy things, the game Dungeons and Dragons. Let me start with my first introduction to it ages ago when I was in high school in the 90s. I had some friends that played Dungeons and Dragons. It was like a very insular group. They would get together at one of the guy's houses. He had like a little room off his garage that he painted black and converted and they would dress up in costumes and go inside that little room and play the game. And I was not invited to play the game. I was a little curious about what was going on. But I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. But clearly they're not interested in inviting new people into that sort of core group. But I would see some of the modules or guidebooks for some of the older adventures in thrift shops. Salvation Army, Goodwill, places like that. But it always said Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And I kept looking for a beginner version. There is no beginner version. <laughs> Live and learn. Oh, well. So that was my introduction to it. I wasn't able to play the game at all, but I did know it was out there. It seemed kind of cool. I was always into dragons and adventures and that kind of thing, the whole fantasy genre. But I never really got into it. So fast forward many years, and a friend of mine played in several different campaigns. She even hosted and was the dungeon master for a campaign as well. And so she told me that there was a one-shot at a local game store. And would I like to come? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds really fun. So she came the night before to hang out with me. We set up a character sheet. And, you know, she spent a lot of time explaining rule book and how to choose a character. These are all the different things you do. And I, at that point, I hadn't played any role-playing games at all, really. Well, aside from computer games, like EverQuest and such. But this was my first real tabletop role-playing game. And so she helped me create this character. And I put a lot of time into these things that were probably unnecessary for a one-afternoon, one-shot game. So for those that don't play Dungeons & Dragons, you have these campaigns. They usually revolve around a theme. There's one called Curse of Strahd that has to do with a vampire lord named Strahd. There's another one, Horde of the Dragon Queen, which is about a, uh, a super dragon, a, a five-headed, five-colored dragon. And so they each have their different kind of flavor. And you have your campaign book, and then you have characters that will that are played by people and then you have a dungeon master who is the storyteller basically so they have this guidebook that they can follow along that will introduce story elements or a plot or locations or monsters to fight but basically the decisions that the players make create the story and so the dungeon master might have something planned like, hey, I've got this really great setup over here in this tavern and then nobody in my group is thirsty and wants to go get a drink. And so we just bypass the tavern and say, hey, there was this shady guy outside. Let's go talk to the shady guy instead. And we completely ignore the thing that the dungeon master wanted us to do. So a good storyteller will kind of balance where the party goes with the story that you've created. That's not something I've had to do. I've not been a storyteller yet someday. But anyways, my friend had you know explained how the games work. You have these dice that the dungeon master will ask you to roll. And there are different statistics on your character sheet that define kind of how things go. So if your character is super smart or wise, they're different. Um, you have intelligence and wisdom. They control different kinds of spells and actions. And maybe they're really good at that, but they're not so good at people-to-people -people skills, the charisma. And... So you have a variety of different attributes and they all are given a number. 
And so you roll to see what your outcome's going to be, and then you enact the story that way. So if my character is, say, really poor at dexterity, and I do a roll, and I roll very poorly, and I, I can't add a lot to that roll from a bonus from my score, maybe I'm trying to, you know, smoothly saddle up to the bar or something, and I roll a two or something. That's, that's a very bad score. <laughs> so maybe instead of being, you know, suave at the bar, maybe I trip on the stool or spill my beer or something. So the, the roles affect the story, basically, is how it goes. But anyways, that's a little rundown of how the games go. And so I created this character with my friend. We played the game that afternoon. It was a Curse of Strahd vampire lord type story. We couldn't get very far. It was just a one shot. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Most of these games are longer campaigns. You can do a very short story in like a one session thing that might take a few hours. But a lot of people play a few hours each week if they can. And so you end up with these very long arching stories that can go on for maybe a year. It's not uncommon to have a campaign that goes that long. So this was just a one shot. And so I definitely spent too much time creating this character because none of the things I was really researching and picking came up in a one day game. So that was live and learn. But I had fun. I thought it was great. I didn't really have a chance to get in a game at that point. I know my friend kept saying, come to my Wednesday games. But at the time I was still in school. I had class on every time she invited me. I had a class that particular semester on that particular night, like without fail. That's how it went. So the next game I was able to join was a Star Wars game. So Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy themed. That was kind of the original one. But now there's a lot of other tabletop games with different mechanics, different dice, different bases for the characters and everything. And so there's a different system for a Star Wars game. It was called Star Wars Edge of the Empire. Basically, we were sort of rogues and ragamuffins on the edge of the empire, kind of like a Han Solo, Lando Calrissian type. And you could, you know, there's different um, uh, races and occupations and sort of themes that you could go with your character. And so that was something that I got into next. And that was when I played for about a year and a half, maybe two years with the same group of people in, in a couple different campaigns. And so that was really fun. And then eventually I was able to find room in my schedule to do a D&D campaign the same friend who had introduced it to me originally had a friend who was starting a campaign. I missed the very first session, but I was able to catch all the others. I was able to join in there, and this was really fun. So she had told me that on their very first session, they fought a dragon, which even though the title says Dungeons and Dragons, there are not as many dragons as you would think in this game. There were zero dragons in that first vampire one that I played, and so I was very disappointed. But second game... Second campaign, I should say, was Horde of the Dragon Queen. And there were a lot of dragons in that one. It was awesome. So I joined this game. My friend had told me that they had fought this dragon the very first time. And they had, this was the kind of balance the party had. They had a wizard who did this. And she was a warlock who was doing this. And then they had a couple other characters. And so I'm like, okay, what can I be? So I based my character off of this very random Harry Potter thing like all her care all her friends and and people in the game seem to be pretty good so I'm like okay I'm gonna go for someone who's maybe not quite so good so I based my character off of Sir Cadigan from the Harry Potter series if you haven't read those books a million times like I have he is the little knight in the painting that they put on the Gryffindor door as the guard who keeps challenging the students to idiotic competitions when they just want to get into their dorm 
And so I modeled it off of that, this kind of bumbling knight character. And the idea was that she had been a totally normal, average across the board in every way person working as a bartender and a waitress in her parents' pub. But it was like a crossroads pub, so lots of different people came through there. She'd heard all of these stories growing up of knights and adventures and dragons in the mountains and all sorts of things, but she wasn't really a part of that. She was just in her little small world living in that one little village. But she heard lots of stories, she kind of got a sense of the outside world and the kind of adventures that were out there, and the idea was that maybe she like hung around the stables or heard stories from different knights and kind of asked a little bit of them to teach her stuff. So she knew a little bit about everything, but wasn't really great at anything. And it was really just book learning. So if you can imagine trying to learn karate from a book, kind of like Daniel at the beginning of Karate Kid, it was kind of about that level. That's kind of how I portrayed the character. And she was really fun to play. It was a great group. It was wonderful. People had very different characters and they played them very well. And, and they were a balanced group. And we ended up with some really funny moments because the characters would do some random things. So we had some kind of, what would you say? Not pixie-ish, but sort of prankish. Prankish barbarian who was just uh, bored one day on guard duty and kicked a, a rock off a cliff and ended up squishing a guard kobold down at the bottom, helping the other people in the campaign because they just squished the guard. But they just did it because it was bo they were bored. They didn't realize there was anything down below. So it just weird stuff like that happening and very fortuitous. It was just a wonderful group. And that's one of the sort of best things about Dungeons & Dragons. Not only do you get to embody a different character for a while, like a completely different character. I've never been a bartender. I've never been a bumbling knight. And I've never met a dragon. But I was able to do all those things in the game. But in addition to all of the fantasy element, you're playing with actual people. And so by the end of these campaigns, I was good friends with all these people. And they were a wonderfully creative and diverse group. So in terms of the age, in terms of the playing ability, a lot of them had been playing for a very long time. So I really enjoyed those sessions with that Horde of the Dragon Queen group. That was pretty fun. Lots of shenanigans, party nights. It was almost like going to a party every weekend because, you know, I might bring some beer, a friend might bring some chips, somebody else might order a pizza or they'd bring donuts or something. So it was always a, a wonderful party. And then we'd play Dungeons and Dragons for a few hours. Usually we'd have sessions about like four hours or a little bit more depending on how much we got done. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so after that, that's when that session eventually ended, our characters kind of reached the ending point for that particular story. The dungeon master at that particular time started a new group that was going to be pirate based. And I thought that was awesome. I mean, who doesn't love pirates? So that was really exciting. So I created this pirate who is a half elf, but the part that was elf was a sea elf. So she kind of perfectly belonged in this maritime watery world. She was a bard, so she was really into singing. She had this flamboyant hair and like rainbow colored hair and, and everything. And I think her name was Fiametta the Flamboyant. That's what I named her. So, oh, the other one was Amelia Cadigan after, of course, Sir Cadigan. But I didn't get to play Fiametta too long. The game was happening right at the, it started happening right at the end of Horde of the Dragon Queen. But that was at the beginning of the summer. 
last summer and I was doing a bunch of trips. People got busy. So I think we only played about maybe two months worth, maybe a month and a half before it was just people's schedules got so scattered that we weren't able to meet anymore. And I think, unfortunately, that's kind of what happens with a lot of these games. The players have so many different commitments for their time that it's hard to build a good group that can meet regularly at the same time, which is really just essential for building that kind of community. So unfortunately, that one wasn't really able to continue. I haven't played Fiametta. I did make a little mini. So the game is mostly theater of the mind, which means a lot of the story is happening in your head. It's described by the storyteller, and different players react to the way it's described. And so a lot of that is setting practicality. You know, there's a box in the middle. What do you do? Or do you open it? Do you trip on it? You know, do you stand on it? You know, there's all sorts of things you have to interact with the scene, the way the storyteller describes it. But to help that along, you can always play with some little miniatures. Now, I am not an expert. I don't know what scale these are in. I will find out and add that in a description below if that's important to people. But there's companies that sell miniatures for you to paint and play. A friend of mine has recently started a company. I'll plug that. Fantasy World Games. Go ahead and check out that website, fantasyworldgames.com. But he makes little miniatures for different games, including Star Wars games and sets for fantasy games, all sorts of things. So for the Horde of the Dragon Queen, I got a little miniature at my local comic book store and she was a fighter but I wanted to tie in my bartender character backstory so I found some miniatures at the same store that were bartenders so I cut the arm off the fighter and I cut the arm off the barmaid with the beer in the hand and so I glued the beer hand onto my fighter so in one hand she's got a sword and in the other hand she's got her beer stein and I thought that was so fun and now even though the game has ended I have this miniature badly painted because I'm not a very good mini painter. This was one of the first minis I ever painted and it looks it. But I have this and it's a wonderful reminder of the game that I played with these people. So I was going to do the same thing for Fiametta the Flamboyant Bard and I unfortunately never got around to it. So it's still on my to-do list that I want to draw or paint portraits of all of my different characters, kind of keep a little scrapbook of some of their memories. I think that'd be a fun project. And I don't know if eventually I'll paint something for Fiametta. But it'd be fun to do something like that. One of the other games that I've played was an Egyptian Dungeons & Dragons game. So the idea of Dungeons & Dragons is that you have a core set of rules that are in this rule book, descriptions of characters and character types. So you might have like an elf as your race, and then you might have a fighter as your profession or class. And these can be expanded to lots of different universes or themes, basically. So you can transport the sort of fantasy game into the future or you can transport it into a realistic past. So there was a Kickstarter for a game that's based on the mechanics of the D&D world but with a theme of ancient Egyptian locations and aesthetic and time period. And so that was really fun. I played that game for a long time, about a year or probably a little more than a year actually. And then due to COVID, no it wasn't due to COVID, I think people were just getting busy. So that particular DM was playing and DMing a lot of games. And so he was cutting back a little bit. And so that particular game is on hiatus until uh, future, until sometime in the future. But I, now I have this wonderful little 
mini that was painted by my friend, the same friend who has started the mini company. And he's a very good painter. And so he painted this up for me. And now I have this wonderful little mini. So even if we don't end up restarting that game, I still have a wonderful memento of that campaign. So there's some other things that I used to play. That particular DM who did the Egyptian campaign also did one called Kids on Bikes. That was another Kickstarter campaign. Much simpler rules, much less dice. Just like a very simple one-page character sheet. But that was a particularly fun game. It had some of the people from my Star Wars group and some of the people from my D&D group. And so that was a good mix of people. And it was a fun thing. It was kind of 80s era. The idea is that it's kind of like a Steven Spielberg E.T. meets Stand By Me meets maybe The Goonies, I guess, would be, or Lost Boys. You know, kind of that era, 80s era, really fun stuff. And so that was a really fun game. I enjoyed playing that. The only one that I'm currently in right now is a different system as well. So I've been exposed to a lot of things. The typical D&D game has different sided dice, anywhere from a four-sided dice to a 20-sided die. And the current game that I'm playing now, Hunter the Vigil, is based on a series called Chronicles of Darkness. They have one particular, I guess, Chronicle is werewolf-themed, another one is vampire-themed. The one I'm in is hunter-themed. So basically we're playing contemporary 2020 monster hunters who have been exposed somehow to this world where there are bad things that do go bump in the night and we've suddenly been exposed to it and we kind of take it upon ourselves to realize, hey, most people don't realize this is part of the world. It's dangerous. We're going to do our bit to hunt them and, and keep the general populace safe. So we haven't been playing that too long, but we're able to play a little bit over Discord. It's a chat for gamers, kind of like Zoom. We do a video chat and we're able to do roles online with another program and able to have a virtual game basically. But that system is based on a D10 system. So we just have one type of dice, a, a D10, and we just roll that one. So the math is a lot simpler than on a Dungeons and Dragons one. So as a newbie player, I kind of appreciate that. So that's a little bit about some of my characters. It's been really fun kind of walking through and thinking about my old characters, thinking about Amelia and Fiametta. And my Kids on Bikes character was Stella Stellari, so which means uh, star stars in uh, Italian. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. So Star was one of the characters from The Lost Boys, which was one of my favorite 80s movies. So that's where I pulled that name. But yeah, it's fun going doing this walk down memory lane, thinking about my wonderful characters, some of whom I won't play again because those campaigns are over and some of whom might be resurrected in the future. So who knows? I'll keep you posted. Next time I will talk about the next step. So once you've played D&D &D for a while and you've embodied these characters and you're really enjoying it, the next step, of course, is living the characters even more than in theater of the mind. So there's something called LARPing. It's live action role play. And that is super fun. It's like D&D, &D, but with costumes, camping, and real weapons. So we'll talk about that next time. So weigh in in the comments on YouTube or on Facebook or on the webpage, thechitchatcircus.com. Have you ever played D&D? &D? What is your favorite campaign? What's your favorite moment in a campaign? There's always these fun micro moments that just make everybody laugh or gasp or wow, how did you pull that off? Wonderful moments in these games. So weigh in. Let me know what your favorite role-playing games are. 
Once again, thank you for joining. I'm Liz, host of the Chit Chat Circus podcast. You can follow the podcast on any of the podcast streaming platforms, including Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, TuneIn, Spotify, and many more. We also have our own website, www.thechitchatcircus.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, or the YouTube channel. So thank you again for joining me. I hope you have a lovely day and talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.